Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 264 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine, Joe. I'm kind of confused how this podcasting thing works. Like, I, I'm like, it's been so long since we've done an episode. I'm, I'm out of practice. Well, no, you had a you had an episode that you recorded in between, just not with me, of course. Well, that's um, what I mean, doing it with you, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, listen, you, you might be the guinea pig that makes us go over to StreamYard, you know? So we'll see. Well, you know what? I'm fine with that. And I just, I have a bone to pick with you. I want to start me? things off hot. Yeah, I'm going to start things off hot. I'll ask you about your vacation in a second. So All right. I... I listened to your interview with Cardiff Electric, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But <laughs> at the very beginning of the show, yes, you uh, you were like, "Oh, we record on Skype. Yeah. I want to record on something else, but my co-hosts don't want to." Now, which is the biggest lie you've ever spoken to a microphone? Because a Todd doesn't give a shit. You just have to tell him what to do, and he'll do it as long as his ringtone maker allows him to. And me, I don't care either. So it's you, sir, who are opposed to change. So it's not me that's opposed to change. I, and I said my, and again, I said my co-host. You and I can go over to Streamyard. How do you think? And I know you get to say, "Oh, just tell Todd to do it, and he'll do it." Todd, don't listen to the show. It ain't that easy, man. We still have Todd and I still have issues every week with getting him into Skype. So to attempt to reteach Todd a brand new platform that's probably easier to use, but is the platform that he's been using for twelve years is a bridge that I do not want to t- tackle unless. You, since you live closer to him, and you guys do get to record Porch Talk together, if you <laughs> want to teach him how to use StreamYard, then by all means, I say go for it. Yeah, I mean, we record Porch Talk over Discord. That's the problem. Well, so there's a uh, third right. thing from the learn, you know? Right. But okay. And, <laughs> and modern man said, can only learn two things. I get it. Yes, this is true. I, I, I could have swore you said co-hosts with an S no. at the end there. No, no. no. Again, listen, you want to do StreamYard, let's do StreamYard. Let's do it right now. We'll stop this show. I'll go start a StreamYard account. We'll get rolling. That sounds um, like a lot of things to slow this podcast down. See? That's my job, you know? See, there you go. You're standing in my way from getting this done. All right. All right. But, yes, we both had a bunch of side projects during your vacation. But I'll ask you right up front, how was your vacation? Vacation was good. It was busy. A lot of walking. Um, you could really get the full feel for it. Um, if you listen to After Dark this week, it uh, comes out on Friday, or if you subscribe to the Longbox Heroes Patreon, you already got it. Um, but it was good. You know, like I said, I got a tan on, like, most of my body. Oh. Um, <laughs> right, but it's cold <laughs> up here, so, like, I'm wearing, like, long pants and long sleeves so nobody will see it. Whatever. We'll start up a higher tier Patreon with the more spicier selfie of the month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll start, I'll show us... <laughs> <laughs> For if there's a fifty dollar, uh, fifty dollar tier, um, I will uh, take care. I will take a picture and show you all the gray hairs on my body that are covered <laughs> up my clothing. How about that? <laughs> Above the waist, a hundred dollars below the waist. Oh Jesus Christ! All right. Uh, but yeah. So uh, did you just do Universal? You didn't hit any Disney parks? No, my kid. Hey, listen. Um, we're not uh, like Disney has that sweet spot. I think if like your kid is like five and under or Mm -hmm. if your kid is like a teenager and my kids like right in that spot like i don't think he cares about disney you know like yeah he he claims that he likes star wars but like he don't watch star wars and that would be the only thing that i would really want to go to disney for 
Like, I like Disney, but I would never consider myself a Disney adult. That's, like, maybe one of the top five worst people in the world. <laughs> um, but, like, you, you know, Universal had shit for him and shit for me and shit for my wife. You know, the Harry Potter stuff, the Simpsons stuff, the Minions stuff, um, more roller coasters. And that's really the thing is, I think there's, like, a- across all of the Disney parks, there's two roller coasters. If you, like, there's the... Like, whatever that, like, weird Aerosmith ride is. Yeah, like, uh, rockin' something. Yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Like, I get, and, like, I, do you count Space Mountain as a roller coaster? Uh, it, 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 yeah, it is a roller coaster, but it's, like, 30-something years old, so. It's more than that. Yeah. Or And do you count the Avatar ride as a roller coaster? I, I don't know what that is, so probably. Okay, so you're talking maybe two and a half roller coasters across five parks? Whereas each of like, there's like the water park and then there's the two other parks and each one has like three roller coasters and my kid likes roller coasters. So, you know, yeah, no, I get you. And I heard you, I did listen to the after dark and I heard you marking out over the Simpsons land. Yeah. It was but really as cool. much of a good time. That sounds like I'm, I'm still bitter that that replaced the back to the future ride, which is a far superior experience. So I'm mad. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So Universal has a lot of those like 3D experience rides where a number of people sit in a thing and they just rock you around and show you a screen in front of you. Yeah. I really liked this the Back to the Future one. My wife and I were there in 2006, which was the last year for the Back to the Future ride. Okay. Like they were in the midst of like tearing it down when we were there. Um, And they have a bunch of them. There's like two different Harry Potter ones. The Simpsons one is like that. And, you know, I'm biased, but I still think the Spider-Man one is the best one out of all of them because it's Spider-Man. Yeah, no, that was after my time. I probably have. I haven't been to Florida since Back to the Future was still a thing, like down there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, all right, well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you're up here and you're committed to doing this podcast like I am, you know. Right. Just like you are. Yes. Uh, even though I won't be here next week, but I'm sure what? you have something like, oh, I told you about that, right? Do you have vacation? Are you going on vacation next week? Do you I, have I, scheduled? Do you have an appointment? What's going on? I have, uh, you know what? I, it's, I, I felt like I've been just working too hard last couple months, and uh, <laughs> I need to take a Thursday night off to watch uh, Kenny Bogod Pickett defeat the uh, Tennessee Titans. Oh, so that's okay. why. Hey, listen, I, it's not my fault they scheduled the games on a Thursday. You know, I was kicking around the idea of being like, you know, I should just take a week off, right? Just take mm-hmm. a week off. Um, but is the thing that's going on later in the show related to me saying what I'm doing next week? Like, did you plan something for me next week and didn't tell me? No, no, not at all. Okay, so it's going to be me and Ed next week. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's just going to be whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. I'll do the Stan Wrestling History. We'll do phone calls. And uh, we'll watch whatever the most recent AIW show that's up on Fight. Because, again, this would have been like a homework week, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I already told Ed if the AIW Halloween show goes up on Fight between now and next week, that's what we're watching for the show next week. All right. I I gave up on trying to get in touch with Ed. I tried every... uh... Every <laughs> way in my power. Try Discord. Did- I try Twitter. I wrote him a letter. He didn't respond to any of them. So uh, he texted me on- right back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, must must just be me. I don't know. But uh- how do you shadow ban someone on text? <laughs> you have to not like him, I guess. But uh- I guess.
But so hey, hey, you know who does return my messages? Who? Shawnee Caulfield. I would. There you go. I was about to say it. So uh, I really liked it. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm listening to the show and I'm making mental notes because uh, I was off uh, a couple days back from vacation, just running around getting shit done. And I'm making mental notes to myself, and I'm like, ah, there's something I'm going to mention to Adam. I'm going to mention to him off air. I don't want to, like, bring it up on the show or whatever. And then on the podcast itself, you make fun of Shawnee for how shitty his audio equipment is <laughs> and how bad he sounds. And I'm like, oh, I could bring it up on the show then because Adam mentions it on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say this. I really enjoyed it. And whether you know who Shawnee is or not, how deep you get into the major world fandom thing – um, I thought it was a very compelling interview. Shawnee comes off as great. Um, I know he's not a paid shill for the major boys, but they should put him on the payroll because <laughs> I think for every zombie and Knick that they have do out there as like public faces of the company that are on the payroll, they really need someone like Shawnee who's like not zombie or Knick. Yeah. <laughs> someone, uh, Someone's just like patently likable, you know. Yeah. Like, he, he comes off. It, it's he, a couple couple takes that are questionable, but like for the most part, you're like, ah, it's Shawnee, so it's okay, you know. And you uh, were a very hard hitting, no nonsense interviewer. Like there was shit that you were asking him, and I'm like, I wouldn't ask him that. Like, wh- like no matter how close of a friend I was with him or not, you know. Um, but you guys have this friendship that you guys have, you know, built and Adam tells the story in the pod. Um, and then like, so you guys had like a rapport so that you could bring stuff like that up to him and not like, like, and know that you're not going to get sandbagged or he's not going to get pissed off or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I, I asked him before he went on the air, I was like, is there anything that you don't want to talk about? You know? And he was like, no, by all means go nuts. So, yeah. uh, you know, I did. And uh, a couple of the questions I was going to ask him, he basically, before I even got to it, he volunteered some information that I was going to try to pull out of him. So it was, uh, it was a, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. I'm awesome. glad he liked it. And that's very much that's, so. that's an Adam Van special. That's on all of our Patreon, all of our normal feeds and up on our Patreon. It was uh, up early on the Patreon just because I don't have keys to the castle for uploading the stuff to the to the main feed. But um, I also, in case you haven't had a chance to check this out, I made my long awaited return to Chicken Salad Podcast. I was about to say the A show, but I'm going to give them their props and call them Chicken Salad Podcast. Did you get a chance to listen to that? I did not. Like I said, I am still getting caught up on being gone for a week for podcasts. Um, And there's day and date stuff that was like, I got to listen to this and I got to listen to this. I'll be honest with you. A lot of the stuff that I was listening to was all of the stuff that was related to my Cardiff Electric podcast that I did. Gotcha. Well, I will just say regarding uh, Chicken Salad podcast, um, I said this when I was on the podcast that I – Felt like I worked myself into a shoot HH by <laughs> by basically burying the podcast for months and months. And then I, I kind of dreaded doing another draft show until I actually started doing it. And Joe, it might have been the most fun I've had podcasting in a long time. Like it's my it was probably my most enjoyable uh, as far as my, on my my end uh, guest appearance I've ever done. 
like on another podcast. Oh, okay, there you so, go. I was going to say, because you're like, I, I know you don't have fun doing this show. You make that abundantly <laughs> clear. But I'd be like, oh, if I'm Shawnee, I'd be pissed off that you said that. No, like, I, I just mean, like, uh, it, like, it was my favorite draft show by far. Gotcha. And I faced uh, the former Sleepy Decker. He doesn't get that name anymore. Um, and he brought his A game as well. Uh, like, uh, you're going to have to listen to it, and I want you to report back. And surprisingly, the show is available on Google and Apple, and it has working RSS feeds, so it is out there. Chicken Salad Podcast. Uh, Decker brought his A game, and j- I-, I was legitimately worried that I lost. That's how good of a, a show he did, and that's that's something coming from me, you know. Uh-huh, for As sure. As being somebody who's never lost a draft show, uh, to to feel like I was on the verge of losing one. Uh, <laughs> It was scary. It was scary. But like, I really enjoyed it. And I have, after we were done recording, I obviously, I can't mention it now until you've watched the episode, but I have a theme amongst the people that I selected and uh, I literally hit stop record and like walked away. And then I thought of the greatest draft selection ever. And I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I almost want to do like a Vansky cut and put it back into the show and re- redistribute it. But uh, enough about me. Enough about me. Go listen to Chicken Salad Podcast. Go listen to an Adam Van special. But Joe, you had your fanboy moments. Yes. This Mr. Electric, Mr. Cardiff Electric. Right. And he's He's doing a podcast now, a live stream, and I'm skipping it to do this show. So, again, I do have my priorities, right? <laughs> um, but to explain who Cardiff is and why Cardiff is um, gets so deep, and I'll, I'll try to do, like, the two-minute version of it. Podcast I listen to called Who Are These Podcasts? They listen to bad podcasts, make fun of them, and move on. One of the podcasts that they made fun of was the podcast of former Howard Stern staffer, Stuttering John Melendez. John found out about it and did not move on. And we are currently at year five, year six of the rivalry between Stuttering John and who are these podcasts going on? Okay. Lawsuits, legal letters, uh, all sorts of crazy things, right? And Cardiff was a listener to WATP, who are these podcasts, who decided I'm going to do a bit where I'm going to pretend that I'm on John's side to try to lull John into a false sense of security and then question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just like um, he's just a regular dude, just like you or I or whatever else, but now he's firmly involved in what's called the Dabbleverse, along with all these other characters. It's very much like the old... Uh, Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony radio days for me, but through podcasts. Okay. And Cardiff is just somebody that I kind of latched on to. Like, I got his shtick, and you know me, I hate bits, and I hate <laughs> shtick, but there was something about the way that he did it that really resonated with me, and I was just so fascinated by who he was and his whole deal and everything else like that. And we interact on social media, and other people, a uh, friend of the show, Matt Fish, has, has said he's he's in the same boat as I am. Uh, in regards to WATP and Cardiff and all the shows and everything else like that. And he would regularly tweet or chime in on the live chats of stuff to have me on the show and plug the shows and everything else like that. 
I end up being on that one show, the Tic Tac 90s Yo. I end up winning. I say to Cardiff, I go, hey, be on my podcast. I mentioned this show. I mentioned the comic book show. His eyes light up about he has amazing uh, Spider-Man 300. And we just kind of worked it out from there. And I got him to do a thing. And because I recorded on Skype, I couldn't do a video podcast. Because uh, I wanted, like, the full card of effect with him with the potato filter on and, like, the faces and everything else that he makes. But um, most of the people that listen to it, and thank you very much for listening to it, most mm. of the people that listen to it were very confused by it or didn't like it. And I am not offended by that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Todd had put it out, and you even mentioned it. This was very much a self-serving vanity project for me. If one person listened to it, and that one person was Matt Fish, that's literally the only reason I did it. Fair enough. Like, I obviously, I was going to listen to it no matter what. You know, I listened right. to any stuff you put out. And I, I messaged you this directly, and I said that you, as an interviewer, <laughs> as always, are very good. This guy who I've never heard of, obviously, I have no right. idea who he is. So, I, like, when I go into one of these things, I, I don't know if it's wrong for me to be like, okay, now impress me, you know, like, or or win me over, person that I don't know. Like, you're here to to sell me on something, and like, for me, he sounded very disinterested in even being on the podcast, and um, like, at times, kind of condescending towards you, and I was like. Who the fuck do you think you are talking to Joe like that? You know, one word <laughs> answers and just being like, kind of like, I don't know. Like, he just rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm like, this guy's famous? And like, Joe's a fan of him? I was he, very confused by he, it, you know? He's fa he's famous to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I took no offense. I knew what I was getting involved with, with the interview I was going to get with him. Um, a lot of his humor and the way that he kind of like spoke was um his... Minnesota dry wit. Um, but again, he, you know, he has an assumed name. He's behind like a filter when he goes online and this whole, you know, WATP stuff, because it's so close to like the old ONA Howard Stern sort of days. And, you know, we're in the days of the internet. There's a lot of people who are like doxing other people mm -hmm. or trying to swat other people. It's or like getting their standup shows canceled. Like it's crazy. So yeah. he does this to protect his identity because he's got a family and stuff. And, you know, some stuff is out there and some stuff isn't. Um, but, like, he's doing this to protect himself from that sort of stuff. Not to say that people haven't found out about it, but he knows his way to kind of navigate around that. And I had said to him before we started recording, and I got no problem saying this here. I said, this interview is just about you and your interests. I go... If a question comes up that you feel is too prying and might give away information that could help someone figure out who you are, don't answer it. Just yeah. move on, blow me off, whatever. I go, I'm not going to take any offense to it. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I, I enjoyed interviewing him. You know, <laughs> I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I know you were fanboying out the whole time. Yeah. That much was obvious because, like, you would ask him, like, a, a question about his Spider-Man comics. And he would just be like, I have, you know, Sp Amazing Spider-Man 300. And you're like, oh, really? Like, oh, what other ones? Is that the only one you have? He's like, no. Oh, you have more? 
And he's like, yeah, I have, I have like a box. And they're like, oh, what's in the box? You know, like, like, but I feel like he definitely opened up towards the end when you're talking, as you mentioned about Stern and ONA. And I enjoyed yeah. that part because I was an ONA guy, you know, but uh, the comic book and wrestling conversation at the beginning, that that was uh, an, an interesting listen just because right. he really didn't want to play along. But uh, I, I like, but again, I thought it was so fascinating. Like what an interesting story that is that, he was at like a department store. They're just playing WrestleMania on a TV and he just sat down and watched it. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. that was his introduction to professional wrestling. Like, I just thought that was very fascinating. You know, um, yeah. I thought the story of him talking about um, the Lex Luger story, looking for the drywall screws at the pharmacy was good. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I but again, I, I'm very biased. I thought the interview was very good. I, I understand that people don't get it, don't understand it, but you know, it was for yeah. me. There you go. I mean, obviously, if you, uh, the listener, know who this person is, it was probably amazing. You know right. what I'm saying? You, they had the same experience that you had. So uh, go go check it out. You be the judge. Get back to us. Let us know. That's on the Longbox Heroes feed, right? Correct. All right. After Dark. It's on the After Dark feed. Okay. Well, for me, they're and, all the same because I have the Patreon. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's up on the Patreon as well, you know. Um but yeah, this is what happens when we take like a week off. Like we have like a 20 minute catching up segment, you know? Yeah, because we, we don't talk unless it's on the pod. So uh, occasionally we'll get into that later during weekly purchases, right? Oh, OK. But hey, uh, wrestling, Joe. Wrestling. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So, on this day in wrestling history, 26 years ago, World Championship Wrestling held their annual Halloween Havoc pay-per-view presented by Slim Jim from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Three things I want to point out about this show. Number one, actually, number four things I want to point out (laughs) about this show. Nine things. Uh, Number one, there's a random Chris Jericho versus Gato match. Uh, you, Adam, of course, today know Gato as uh, the booker of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I thought he was the chubby British wrestler that was big in TNA for a little while. No, that's Grado. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, no spoilers for the UK tapings, by the way. Shame, shame. <laughs> All right. Uh, so they do a spot in this match where uh, they're both standing on the top rope, and Jericho goes to give Gato, both of them standing on the top rope, like a hurricanrana off the top rope. Okay. And it goes poorly. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's number clearly one. Gato, that's clearly Gato's fault because 97 Jericho did no wrong. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I, we, Jericho was a guy who took a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I would say like from like 96 to like 2006, like he had a 10 year run where he had an 85% success rate. Like, he was trying stuff at a A-plus difficulty, and he had an 85% success rate. But when he failed, he failed spectacularly. Well, see, even when he failed, it was entertaining and compelling. Yes. He's a goat, man. He's a goat. Unblock me, Jericho. <laughs> he don't listen to podcasts. He don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> uh, so one of the big matches that was supposed to be on this pay-per-view, and I say supposed to be on this pay-per-view, uh, was... Uh, built up on TV for weeks, if not months, was Steve Mongo McMichael 
taking on Deborah McMichael, his his wife's protege, in Double J Jeff Jarrett. Well, in between the last TV Nitro and this pay-per-view, Jarrett's contract had expired, and he left to go to WWF. All right. Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> and a, a year ago, when it lined up with 97 Raw, we played that return shoot promo that Jarrett did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, it's very... It's remembered for not being great, um, where he takes the shot about, you know, Austin 316 being blasphemous, all that sort of thing. So they just plug Alex Wright in the place of uh, Double J there, right? I have to ask you this question. I don't know if I've ever asked you this. So if we just pinpoint, like, let's say 95, I guess, is when he showed up in WWF the first time? 93. Oh, oh that early. Okay. The vignettes start airing, uh, actually, so over the, like, and, you know, we'll mention it with the clips that I played before, uh, a little bit later on, uh, but the On This Day in Wrestling History account, the OTD underscore in underscore WWE, like, for the last two weeks, he's been, he's been, like, putting up the debut vignettes of Double J coming into the WWE as the world's greatest singer, the world's greatest wrestler, and, you know, the whole thing with the chingy tooth when he spells his name and all that jazz. Well, my question was, if we exclude the initial WWF run, which is the world's greatest singer, entertainer, yada, yada, which we can all agree is Haida Powers, uh, early, early Jeff Jarrett. But if you could, uh, Jeff's, been, Jeff, Jeff's been on about I a 30 know, year run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. My question <laughs> is, uh, if you had to get rid of one of either his WCW run in its entirety or let's say his WWF run like short hair later or you know like his not his country singer gimmick but like everything after that so you got the nwa champion the don't piss me off guy do you think he was better in wwf as a whole or wcw wwf as a whole um but if there's a one run it's this one this particular run this 96 to 97 run in wcw because for most of it he was um woefully miscast as a baby face Okay. See, I would have figured, and maybe it's because you're just now seeing some of it for the first time over on the Patreon, but I would have figured like his chosen one run in WCW might have pushed it over the edge just because he was the top guy. Uh, it was the top guy of like a dying promotion, you know? I enjoy sure. it, but it's not like the worst. Like it's th- th- this one, the 96, 97 WCW stuff does not hold up. Gotcha. All right. As you were, more on the. All right. Halloween Havoc? Uh, more from the show. Um, it was posted in the Discord, of course. Everyone knows this. This is the infamous, famous Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero mask versus title match. The match um, that Ed is afraid to watch because he might not like it. Right. I don't want to hype it up too much, but you know it. It's the one where Ray comes out in the, the Halloween Phantom outfit where it's like one piece. Yeah, like purple, right? Yeah. Um, this match rules. It's awesome. And... You know, if you like when uh, we talked before, when Eddie Guerrero first came into WCW, he was woefully miscast as a babyface. When Jericho first comes into WCW, he's woefully miscast as a babyface. And like this is the beginning of, you know, like or this is like heel Eddie Guerrero WCW height of powers. Like mm-hmm. he's just a m- bastard. 
a little bit later on, they add a little humor to it. They do the LWO stuff. He's in the Filthy Animals. He's still really good. But, like, this 97 era of Eddie is, like, unmatched. And Rey Mysterio's another guy. Rey Mysterio's a guy, on, like, not unlike Jeff Jarrett, who's on, like, a 30-plus year run of just being one of the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Um, I feel like everybody, like when WCW went on that luchador hiring spree, you know, at the beginning of Nitro, I feel like just about every one of them was a babyface, wasn't it? Because they would just have, here's random luchador versus random luchador, and then just, they just entered, like, put in Jericho, put in Dean Malenko, put in Guerrero, but it was always just some random combination. So I feel like they all defaulted to babyface, at least for a while. So Psychosis was definitely more heel at the start. Hoovy was more heel at the start until Jericho becomes the heel of the division. The Vianos were more heel at the start. Um, El Dandy was more heel. La Parca was more heel. But the thing is, it would just be like, okay, so now like they wrestle Ray as heels. And then when we throw them in the random six, man, it's like, all right, I guess like whatever, like whoever's heel and whoever's face. And there was no real clear lines for that. But like, like I said, Psychosis, Laparca, Vianos, and the first like year that Hoovy was in, like they were like positioned as like the heel luchadors. But I mean, maybe they're wrestling like a heel or they're facing a babyface, but they weren't really like doing heelish stuff. Right, they weren't, but like that's as close as you were gonna get. Yeah. No, I gotcha. All right. But then we have the main event in a fifteen foot high steel cage. Rowdy Roddy Piper takes on Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Adam at the time, the newsletters, even World Wrestling Federation on their TV made fun of this match. Look at these two geezers out here wrestling. Age in the cage, it was lovingly called. <laughs> Adam. Yes. At the time, Roddy Piper was 43 years old. Hulk Hogan was 44 years old. Now, granted, a lot of it was because these are people that had been on TV pretty much consistently, you know, national televised wrestling for the previous 13 years. So it was just like you've been on TV. But imagine a match today where two people were 43 <laughs> and 44 years old. Ugh, oh, I would never watch it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Man, that blows my mind that they were like, maybe it's just because I'm people say I'm 43. I don't believe them. But maybe it's just because of that. When I look at it, I'm like, God, Hulk Hogan was much older than me in 97 than I am now. That makes no sense. Well, Adam, of the last 13 years of your life, yeah. how many steroids have you done? Not enough. <laughs> I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. And Adam, over these last 13 years, how much cocaine have you done? Definitely not enough. <laughs> I won't say it, um, but it is a great drug. It is a great drug. Uh, uh, look. So that's why <laughs> your 43 looks a lot different than Hulk Hogan's 43. This is true. Oh, I got to get working on my hot dog tan. <laughs> so 1997, WCW's riding high. 
1998, a year later, Adam, I'm sure WCW riding just as high. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't possibly ruin a company in a year, Joe. No, impossible. So (laughs) it's the Nitro after um, Halloween Havoc, which was the double main event of Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and Diamond Dallas Page going against Goldberg. This is Goldberg's first legitimate threat to his title. This is a huge pay-per-view, does a huge buy rate, but it was a little bit of a snafu there, Adam. Uh-oh. couple of things we need to take care of first. All our wrestling fans certainly tuned in last night enjoying Halloween Havoc. And last night, in front of a capacity crowd, we saw some of the most historic matches in professional wrestling history. But unfortunately, last night, an instance occurred that was out of the control of World Championship Wrestling. Some of the systems went down prematurely, and unfortunately, about, from what we understand, 10 to 20% of the households last night were not able to see the end of the Hogan Warrior match, nor were they able to see a match that will go down as one of the greatest of all time, Goldberg and Diamond Dallas Page for the World Heavyweight title. Well, because of this, as you might expect, WCW officials have been in meetings all day deciding what course of action to take, and it really came down to two choices. Choice number one would be to give the replay, the encore presentation tomorrow night to all of our fans absolutely free. But we thought, no, that would not be right because a lot of fans out there purchased this event last night. They saw all 11 matches, and they, by buying this Why even mention night, that option? don't want to give them the entire event. <laughs> exactly. So it came down to this, ladies and gentlemen, what to do to make this right for our fans. We have decided tonight on this program after the first hour, around the 9 o'clock hour, that we will bring you... Head-to-head when Raw starts, by the way. Sure, of course. The match between Goldberg and Diamond Dallas Page in its entirety. Now, this is a first time ever. This is a one-time ever. We never do this before, bring you a pay-per-view spectacular, but we will bring you this one match tonight. Now, our competition all day would make people believe that this has been a ratings ploy, (laughs) that we went off the air on purpose last night to bring you the match later on down the line as a ratings ploy. That is not the case. That is not true. And because of that, we are going to give you this, not at the end of the program, we're going to give you this at 9 o'clock tonight. It's the right thing to do to our great wrestling fans, Mike, today. Absolutely, Tony. It's great to be back in the Valley of Sun here in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's great to see that the decision makers, the people in World Championship Wrestling, they mold this situation over all day. And they decided that the right thing to do One time, one time only to show you a very physical contest with the world's heavyweight title at stake from last night at Halloween Havoc with Paige and Goldberg. Well, you know, unfortunately, technology is not perfect, that there are things beyond our control, but the wrestling fans come first. Absolutely. With that in mind, we're going to go to the ring. You think that's, wait till the KY2 bug hits in the year 2000. With that in mind, we're going to go to the ring to start action this week here on WCW. So it's the, like the, we, the, the KY2 bug says Larry Larry's a biscuit. He's so witty. Uh like, all right, folks, we had an option on the table, but we decided it was way too generous and good to our fans. So we're gonna go with option B, which is still kind of good, but not as good as the one we just mentioned we were thinking about. Like, why even bring that up? Just be like, hey, good news. We're gonna play this match for you. We're gonna do it at nine o'clock. It's unprecedented. So here's the truth of what really happened. All right. 
if you got your pay-per-views through satellite, whether it be like the big dish in your front yard, direct TV, or a provider like that, you got the full pay-per-view. Okay. If you were through viewer's choice, someone at WCW forgot to tell them that they were going to do a three-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view as opposed to the usual three-hour pay-per-view. Because if you remember, even back in the day, the pay-per-views would always be slotted for three hours, but they would always go like two hours and 50-something minutes, right? They would always kiss right up to that three-hour mark. Yeah. And that's to give lead-in time to run commercials for the next thing, prepare the replay, things of that nature. So WCW forgets to tell viewers choice that they're going to do a three and a half hour pay-per-view satellite people just it plays right there's no thing but because it's on a weekend and everything else like that timers are set mm-hmm. 11 yeah. o'clock it just flips over to start the pay-per-view over mm. okay. so they give away the main event of the pay-per-view for free tv they do a huge rating. They do something like a 7.2 quarter hour for the match. They still lose the night overall, but they won that quarter hour. But the problem is, Adam, I paid for that pay-per-view, and I did not get my full pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. WCW paid out over or lost over $1.5 million of pay-per-view revenue on refunds for that pay-per-view. Oh, so, so they gave it a refund in its entirety. I would have tried to do pro rating. That would have been my way to wiggle out of it. You know? And that's the thing. The, and the pay-per-view carriers had no leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were never told that the pay-per-view was going to go over. So that money, they had a refund, you know, like I said, one point, almost $1.5 million of pay-per-view revenue off this show. So this show ends up being a money loser. But they won the quarter hour, right? Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. That's really all that matters. So, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously WCW coming off the the, the hot screw up there. Um, WWF is getting ready to build toward Survivor Series, the Deadly Game Tournament, and we're getting to see some of the new familiar Attitude Era characters. Now, we missed last week, Adam, so we did miss the final uh, William Regal Man's Man vignette. Oh, you screwed me again, Sposta. But we do get William Regal on TV this week. All right. I'll tell you what, this is going to be a blockbuster night. Oh, look at this. That's Steve Regal. Steve, Steve Regal, King. Right, that's a real man's man. Steven Regal from Blackpool, England, assaulting X-Pac. And his jokes. Why is Regal attacking X-Pac? Turn a pull up. the outlaws. The outlaws trying to intervene here. And look at Regal. Regal striking anything that moves. I, I guarantee you, I know why he's doing this. Because he's he's ashamed of the fact that X-Pac is a European champion. What's wrong with that? Oh, come on. You think X-Pac's ever been to Luxembourg or, or Transylvania, for that matter? He's not a real man's man like Stephen Regal. He's really from Europe. DX looking out for each other because, remember, the tag team title's on the line tonight. Mankind and Al Snow will challenge... The New Age Outlaws, as we said, Austin is here as well as Steve Regal, a real man's man, who assaulted X-Pac from behind. Ladies and gentlemen, again, we expect some... So... So... 
Sorry. So you heard you heard Jr. mention that tonight the New Age Outlaws are defending the tag team titles, and you know obviously this is the beginning of things of like, oh, it's a makeshift team that's debuting on the first on TV for the first time. Of course they get a tag title shot. This is the debut of the on-screen pairing of Mick Foley and Al Snow. Okay. For the first time tonight, you'll you'll uh, team with Al Snow, and the tag team titles will be on the line as you face the New Age Outlaws. What do you think of uh, Al Snow's prowess? Well, Al is an exceptional wrestler, and we need an exceptional wrestler when you take on the tag team champions, even if I do feel, with the exception of the Rock's elbow, that the head is just about the stupid. Hey! <laughs> Look, Einstein, if you haven't noticed, you're just talking to a sock! I had to tell him I'm sorry. I had to break. Well, you are talking to a sock. Well, aren't you the clever one? I know he's just a sock. I painted him myself. But isn't he cool? Hi, I'm Mr. Socko. (laughs) The New England Jungles don't like it. Well, we got one word for him. Socko. Socko. (laughs) For the first time. So, uh, you notice the subtle dig there by Mick about uh, the Rock's elbow. Don't not name the people's elbow yet. Just the Mm -hmm. Rock's elbow. Yeah. Even though say, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, even though they're not, like, directly feuding right now, um, for many weeks on TV, Mick would always work in a little dig about how shitty the people's elbow was. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, Mick and Al Snow, at least aesthetically, it looks like a team that makes sense, you know? But I yes. think Mick was way too big of a star on the rise to, to be saddled with Al Snow for long. Well, this is one of those things where, you know, they're they're definitely trying to do like a rising um, tides lifts all ships sort of thing. It's like, well, if Mick is on his way up, maybe he could bring someone with him. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just saying, like, the fact that they, they do look and work well together, at least at yes, that time. For sure. Speaking of people that look well and uh, pair well together, let's check this match out between Gangrel and Kane. Kane, who's a baby face now, by the way. All right. He is absolutely a monster. And look at the look on Gangrel's face. It's like having his neck in a vice. Tooth slam. Tooth slam. And the end is near for Gangrel. One, two, three. Yes. The Christian right in front of us. Going up top. I'm going to try that. Kane has won this match. Off the head of the wall. Christian came flying off the rope, the top turnbuckle rather, and now Gangrel and Christian are, are double teaming Kane. There's a double team. Look at this though, Kane. He is absolutely amazing. He's just swatting them away, but there's Edge. Oh, Edge with a chop block. What the hell? I thought he was going to help Kane. Edge is, Edge is helping his brother Christian and Gangrel. And their attempt to dismantle Kane. Two. Three men versus one. Look at this. What has provoked this attack? Oh, 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 my, my, my. Kane setting up. Time to go. And Christian again, Brown. Now I want you to look at this moment here. Look. All right. Now look at that. Like he's directing traffic. See? What in the hell is going on here? Calling these guys together. They've been in each other's throats. Now they're together. Oh, okay. What's the story between those three? But remember, Kane is in the Survivor Series tournament. Well, ladies and gentlemen, our colleague Michael Cole is standing by. So 
if you remember when Edge and Christian and Gangrel all debut on TV and we talked about it here, Edge is a babyface, Christian and Gangrel are together. There was the rumor that Edge and Christian were supposed to be the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Edge mentions in his book about this angle that they had been feuding for weeks on TV. And then just all of a sudden this week on TV, they get there and they're a team. No explanation mm-hmm. to them. No explanation is ever given on TV. Okay. It just is. And yeah. if you notice there at the end, even JR mentioned it, it's like, oh, it looks like Edge is directing traffic. Wasn't Gangrel the leader of the brood? That's the way I remember it, but you know, right. like so this is the only time this moment is where Edge is the leader of the brood. Next week they course correct it that Gangrel is the leader of the brood. So either somebody fucked up or they just quickly changed their mind a bunch of times. I think they know. quickly changed their mind a bunch of times. Yeah. Hey, listen, Tony Khan doesn't need to pay for many men. He doesn't have to pay for Final Countdown. Somehow he needs to get the brood theme. You know, Vince or WWE is really good at forgetting to trademark stuff. There's got to be some way to get that, you know? Well, I, I do hear uh, they did go to WF Legal and they asked them if they could get the, the brood theme. And you know what they told them? What did they say? Go fuck yourself. Oh, <laughs> Worth a try, though. <laughs> they tried. They tried. All right. So that's our day in wrestling history. Oh, you know what? I forgot there's one other thing today in wrestling history. Okay. Now, now typically, Adam, we don't bring these sort of things up, you know, whatever, um, unless it's like somebody notable. But you know who's celebrating a birthday today? Wheeler Yuta? Okay. Yes. Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Jeremy Padauer. Jeremy Padauer as well. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I, that, those are the only two I know. Who who else could it be? Phil from Chicago's birthday is today, and he's sure probably he's lying? <laughs> what? Are you sure he's not lying about that? You know, you I was be... able to verify through several non-Phil sources, <laughs> but I'm sure he's celebrating it with his friend. Larry, <laughs> his wife. He's got a wife. Still yeah, I'm sure. They, yeah, I'm sure she wants to spend time with him. Um, <laughs> Larry has no choice. He has a torn dog ACL. Did you see that in the interview that Phil gave today? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was going to say Larry's not a cute enough dog that anybody else would want him. <laughs> Again, Larry wasn't too spry to begin with, but now the fact that he has a torn dog ACL. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he wants to get away, but he can't. Was the dog jumping into a crowd or something? Um, I, I don't want to say that Phil. Uh, like he definitely made people think it was from the time a year ago where a door allegedly got kicked into Larry. But who the hell knows? It's Phil. He's a liar. <laughs> I did like. I'm not a, like I said from your interview with Shawnee. I'm not a Ryback guy, yeah. but um, where he said that Ryback. What, what was Ryback's nickname for Phil? Flimsy oh, I Phil? Yeah, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> yeah, whatever it was. But that was, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Good on you, Ryback. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry you're a sad loser who eats alone in your car. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know what? I'll I tell you this. If Ryback had a birthday party today and mm-hmm. Phil had a birthday party today, I bet you more people 
would be at Ryback's birthday party than Phil's birthday. So there you go. Who's who's doing better, <laughs> right? Yeah, and plus it's like, I mean, now that we see Phil in the light that we do, you know, more and more people see him in this current light, like maybe Ryback wasn't so bad, you know? Yeah. But all right, cool. Happy birthday, Phil. I hope uh I hope you get everything you want you wish for. Mm. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. So, hey, I don't know, week in wrestling, two weeks in wrestling, what do you want to talk about? Oh, man, I feel like I kept everything to this past week, you know, but uh, do you mind if I go first? Uh, yeah, this time, go ahead, yes. All right, so I'm going to start off, I'm going to say AEW Battle of the Belts is where I'm going to start with this. All Battle of the Belts suck. Uh, <laughs> they mentioned this on We Need Wrestling. I think one title change ever happened on a Battle of the Belts, I'm not sure. Uh, and I wasn't looking forward to watching it. Even with the fact that they announced Orange Cassidy was wrestling, like I like, I love Orange Cassidy. I like John Silver. I'm like, this is a throwaway match that I'm sure it'll be fun, but like, eh, I don't need to necessarily pay much attention. But the show goes on the air with Orange Cassidy coming out, and who was still in the ring, Joe? The Blackpool Combat Club, who was ending Collision uh, with their bit. So. Orange Cassidy's walking down to the ring and I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's going to like stare down John Moxley. That's going to be so cool. And Joe, he does even better. He shoulder shoves Moxley. He fucking pokes the bear. Some aggression that I was not expecting to see from Orange Cassidy uh, really like pop for that. And I felt like commentary didn't really acknowledge it at first, which I liked. And this led to this past Dynamite which I'm sure I'm not the most qualified person to talk about this, but you had OC and goddamn Okada versus Danielson and Claudio, which had just so many other great in-ring moments. But that also led to like, hey, the Blackpool Combat Club won and Claudio got the pin on Orange Cassidy and Danielson's like hurt, question mark, and Okada's mocking him, question mark, and Hook is there. There was a lot of confusing things to come out of all that, but like I loved all of it because it shows that even though OC's the champ uh, and he got what he wants, he still wants to get a piece of Moxley and it's bothering him. And then just the fact that we had Okada and Danielson and Orange Cassidy and Claudio all in one match – uh, was just phenomenal. So, like, all of that stuff is my first talking point. All right. I'm with you. I'm on point with that. Um, my remarks during all of this, of course, you know, OC showing aggression. Um, you know, I think we talked about it last episode that we did, that it looks like they're going to do the rematch of OC and Moxley at the pay-per-view. If Moxley is cleared in time, of course, uh, OC going to win, retain, but it's going to be a hell of a match. Yeah. Um, and then that sets up the tag match. Now, they announced the tag match. And they very easily could have gotten away with just doing like Moxley or uh, with um, OC and Okada taking on Claudio and Yuta, who have been paired up on TV as a regular tag team, right? Yeah. But you up the game by throwing Danielson in there, right? So now you have this match, which just the match graphic of looks amazing, right? Just mm -hmm. you see that, and like that's a real match that's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, before we get into, like, the longer-lasting ramifications of this, um, I have it on good authority that before he went out for his match, Okada got a phone call from someone and uh, told him, let's keep it under three bumps tonight, brother. <laughs> I don't know who that could have been. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I told him, work smarter, not harder. It's an upper-body business kid. Tell him they want a fourth bump. That's an extra ten grand. That sort of thing. 
smart man. All right. <laughs> so we're there. We're watching. I went to the show with DJ and Brett. Um, Did you guys buy the last three tickets that they had? Uh, n- yes. Yes, we did. We did. Oh, okay. That, that must tickets. be why I wasn't, you know, well, I didn't go, but uh, all right, continue. They had family three packs. Ah, uh, oh, okay. Uh, listen, I got, I got an inquiry from someone. If you want to go next time they come to the area, I'll put you on the list. How about that? <laughs> go on, continue. All right. So we're sitting there like, who's taking the fall in this match? And I'm like, oh, Claudio's got to lose, right? Mm. You know, yeah, that's like, exactly what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the bit where OC and Claudio, you know, um, really show what they could do together. Um, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, I go, I really need a Claudio versus OC match, like a singles match in AEW. Right. Um, and then Claudio gets the pin and he pins OC. And then literally within seconds. They have the match graphic up that says next week on Dynamite. It's OC versus Claudio. And I'm like, there you go, right? And I saw people online saying like, oh, OC's on such a roll. He shouldn't have gotten pinned and everything else like that. It's okay for a singles champion to take a pinfall in a tag match, especially if it sets up like him getting a singles victory over the person that pinned him in the tag match, which is exactly what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Plus, it, your your specialty is singles wrestling. It's you can take a loss in a tag match. You know, it's not your yeah. specialty. So, in the build to this pay per view that's coming up, right? Orange Cassidy already had a match with John Moxley, and he's probably going to have another one that he's going to win. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a match with Claudio next week on Dynamite, which he's going to win. Adam, between now and the next pay per view. There's a very good chance we're going to get an Orange Cassidy versus Brian Danielson singles match on TV. Mm-hmm. That Orange Cassidy is going to win. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, <laughs> I feel like, like I feel bad because I, I want to like I want to push it off so I can savor it more. You know, <laughs> build to another pay per view, but it makes sense that he goes through the Blackpool Combat Club. You know, right. <sighs> They need to recruit another person or two to the Blackpool Combat Club that OC can beat so that we can have Danielson versus OC at, like, a pay-per-view. Well, they could do a singles match, you know, another singles match with Yuta, who he's already beaten, you know? But, like, like the whole thing of, like, OC could be like, you know, I beat all your guys, and Mox's like, yeah, but you didn't beat me. I don't know. That's how wrestling works. It don't need to be more complicated than that. Yeah. And I just, like I said, I, I just... The fact that he has his belt now, which obviously he's super happy about, but something's still bugging him. And it's the fact that he didn't beat John Moxley. I just love that mentality, you know? It's almost like he's a legit, honest-to-God professional wrestler who cares. Yeah. No, I loved all of it. So how was it live? Uh, It was cool as hell. Um, You know, the show was good. Um, I'm I'm telling you now, watch Rampage this week. Mm-hmm. I already um, saw on our Discord, uh, no spoilers, but I saw some of the people that were involved in some of the matches, and it looks yeah. pretty good. Um, the, the, um, there's a bit in the Kyle Fletcher Kenoshka Testa match. Yeah. And there's a bit during that match. I'm going to see how it plays out on TV, and I'll just say that. Uh, Santana Ortiz was really good. And I don't know, like, I'd have to go through the history of Rampage, but. You know, high praise, but Kyle Fletcher versus Takeshita could be the best match in Rampage history. Wow. It's that good. I was uh, seeing Sky Blue in person. Did she ask about me? Well, um, if we did not leave as late as we did, and that was completely on me, 
Um, the meet and greet was Yuta and Sky Blue. We were trying to figure out and finagle the way that we can go and do the Sky Blue meet and greet <laughs> and do something. Yeah. Like, just like get her to like record a message to send to you or something. But then we're like, oh, $40. <sighs> I would have. See, on one hand, I would have paid the money, but on yeah. the other hand, it would have somehow ended up being a burial of me. So I was That's like, true. oh, I just paid to have Sky Blue insult me, which is also maybe something I might be into. But uh, yeah, I digress. That's how you find <laughs> no, out. You know? awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously I'm on vacation. We got back. We were still getting back to the hotel relatively early, but they were early days. Like we were, we were out of the hotel by seven o'clock in the parks by 730. You know, it was very early days. Yeah. Um, but Wednesday night, get home, the hotel TV's got Dynamite on, you know? Mm. Um, I'm sitting up, I'm watching Dynamite, gets the 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 Dynamite Battle Royal for the ring, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm beat, man. I'm like, it's a foregone conclusion that Juice is going to win. It's like 10 to 10. I'm like, I'm going to bed, right? I'm, I'm turning it off, I'm going to bed. I wake up, Adam, and my phone has exploded. I got messages from every walk of life. Because after Dynamite went off the air, they announced a match for Collision. And I know you said Battle of the Belts is what it was. But there was a match that was a battle for the battle for a belt, right? Mm-hmm. And that match, of course. I'm letting as much of this play as I have the clip for. I have it faded out now. I fixed it a little bit there. Uh, They announced for Jay Lethal to get a shot at the Ring of Honor title, Jeff Jarrett had to beat Eddie Kingston. They were doing Eddie Kingston versus Jeff Jarrett on live national television. I had him earlier this year, March. They did Orange Cassidy versus Double J, and I said... All they need to do is Eddie versus Double J, and we're done. Like, I don't need anything else in wrestling ever again. And, of course, they announced OC and Okada and Danielson and Claudio, and I'm like, oh, I'm a liar, right? Yeah. Um, The match was fantastic. Five stars, no notes. I was smiling, and it was just one of those things with, like, the way our flight was. Like, we were, like, our flight was running a little bit late. And like we were de- like deboarding the plane as the match was going on, so I missed it live. And it was one of those things where like it was a foregone. I, I knew Jeff was winning, right? Because it's yeah. got to set up a match with whatever. Um, I don't think we're out of the woods with uh, Jeff and Eddie Kingston um, matching up again. Maybe a tag match, maybe a multi-person. Who knows? Um, but Adam, I got. Like, I got Jeff Jarrett versus OC. I got Jeff Jarrett versus Eddie Kingston. There's a chance before the year is over, I'm going to get OC versus Brian Danielson. Like, yeah. is 2023 the best year of professional wrestling of all time? <laughs> They're reading your dream journal. You they know? certainly are. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. Um, I think it, it might have been WWE or it might have been an, a, an AI program. They transcribed one of my other dream journals. Uh, into a seventy-six or seventy-two minute video on WWE's website, uh, called the story of LA Knight's meteor- meteoric rise. Um, even though I was there from the beginning, um, I'm still watching it. You know, just to see if they missed anything. I gave them notes. 
Yeah, I was just thinking before you even mentioned that. I was like, if somehow they can work L.A. Knight into this OC, uh, Eddie Kingston, Jeff Jarrett thing, and just have like Raven be the special guest referee, uh, oh. <laughs> you could die right there. You'd be happy, you know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mick Foley on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> just get all my faves involved, you know? Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, no. So as far as that Eddie Kingston match, I, I agree. Like when they announced it, I was I, I I'm not going to say I was just as excited as the rest of you guys, but I was like, OK, this is going to be cool. And I also agree with you that it was to be expected that Eddie Kingston was going to lose. But my concern was like, how strong is he going to look in that loss? And I, I think he looked very strong in the loss because like, obviously he's fighting off Jarrett and all of his cronies and he's doing a very good job of like beating up Satnam Singh and beating up Jay Lethal and beating up uh, um, Sanjay. And it's like, okay, after a certain point, though, how many waves of outside interference can you take? You know, and eventually Jarrett got the upper hand. So Jarrett gets the win, but Eddie Kingston still looks like he put up more of a fight than any normal man could have. You know, so uh, I agree. I thought it was a very fun match. And hopefully right, Eddie there's just beats There's the been matches the that Jarrett has had. Um, whether it be like, you know, the match we mentioned with OC, the match, the, the multi-person matches where it was like him and Jay Lethal versus FTR, the match that he had with Jeff Hardy, where he won the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch Championship, right? These are matches that have the goon squad coming in and there's other people on the outside, Matt Hardy, Brother Zay, Ethan Page, best friends, all these other things. Sometimes they're able to fight off the goon squad and OC wins. Sometimes they're not able to fight off the goon squad and double J beats Jeff Hardy. This was Eddie, one man, no help, no, no, no anything. And he held his own just as good as, if not better than so many of the other people. Yeah. No, I thought it was really cool. And I'm glad that you, <laughs> when they announced that, and I knew you were on vacation, but like people were tagging you in like the Discord and there was no response, obviously, because you're on the flight or you're on vacation or whatever. I was asleep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I was asleep. And I was just like, oh, we're all enjoying this a little bit longer than Joe is, which is really funny. But it was, it was beautiful. Like, you know, get up early. Cause we got to get out of the hotel by seven and get to the park by seven 30. And I'm looking at my messages and I'm like, Huh, 40 messages. What happened last night? I open it up, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I see the match graphic. You know, it just, it was amazing. It was a great thing to wake up to on Thursday morning, you know? Yeah, and uh, Eddie's promo that was released initially online, and I think they played it, like, what, on Rampage or something like that, uh, post-match of him being like, Jamar, you brought this on yourself by calling somebody that's not your family uncle and, uh, like, the sweet lady that is professional wrestling. And, like, that was such a great promo. Even the promo that set it up where, like, Eddie gets in Jeff's face, you know, and, like, you know, you used it as the image for last week when we were off. And, like, it's almost like Eddie's really good at, like, every aspect of professional wrestling there is. Yeah. No, no arguing that. All right, Joe, my final thing. Um, speaking of people that are good at professional wrestling, once again, MJF and Adam Cole, dead. Next strong, dead. Anything that you think is good in wrestling is dead because, Joe, I got to talk about the best thing in wrestling, and that is Brian Pillman is dead. 
Long live Lexus King. Joe, Halloween Havoc, he has a throne and he sits on it all kind of sideways and looks cool and mysterious and brooding. And even though he's not his father, uh, in the promotional photos that he was taking, he, ha- he has a cane, like a really cool cane, but it's nothing like Brian Pillman Sr.'s cane. And even though he's not like his father, he has the Rogue Horseman logo on one of his knee pads. But no, no, don't talk about Brian Pillman Sr., even though Booker T talked about Brian Pillman Sr. for like the entire debut match, but Lexus King versus Dante Chen. And sure, it might have been like a 55 45 split match, and Lexus King was terrible in it. And like he literally did nothing to make you think that it was like, oh, hey, this is a debuting guy you should be impressed with. It was hilarious, and I loved it. Long live Lexus King, Joe. So I, I tweeted out. Or when does the point happen where people start ironically liking Lexus King because of how bad he is? And is it this moment right here what you saying this? I, I just right now he's just hilarious. I don't want to go so far as to say that I like him. I'm not working myself into a shoot. I just think that this is a really funny bit. Like he even washed a lot of the just for men out of his beard. <laughs> like it's just it's a constant evolution, and the fact that he's like, oh, don't tell me I'm like my dad, and then I do everything like your dad. I think that that's really funny, but I don't want to go so far as to say I like it yet. In a different world, in a different time, in front of a different crowd, they would have done the vignettes where he throws down his dad's name, christens himself the new name, the announcers mention it one time. He doesn't say it into the camera multiple times before, during, and after the match. And the crowd chants Pillman at him for heat, and he sells it. (laughs) Yeah. But the fact that they say it so much, they can't do that. And that is, like, such a crucial part of doing a character like this. Um, All that being said, I forget who I was tweeting with, but if WWE is is attempting to invest this much into this character. I want them to be filming like a 24-7 documentary of like them workshopping the character. Pillman Jr. picking out the different outfits. Him shaving his beard and his undercut so it looks perfect, right? Doing the perfect dye job on it. Doing the coconut loop where he looks like shit wearing the vest, you know, and he looks like he's got like my physique. Like, I want it all. And, like, when this character fails and fails miserably, which it will, and then you have all this footage of them, like, selling him on how big of a deal this is going to be, him hyping himself up, and then, God forbid, and again, we all like to pretend that Vince doesn't have anything to do with the main roster, but Vince still has a lot of cronies there. What do you think is going to happen when Pillman Jr. goes to a main roster event and Brucey sees him, Michael Hayes sees him, like whatever long indentured Vince Crony sees him, they're going to (laughs) vomit. You know, like what, like Keith Lee getting named Bearcat, Karrion Cross getting the weird demolition outfit. We're going to look back on those things as pluses compared to what they're going to do to Pillman Jr. when he makes it to the main roster. 
They're going to try to turn him babyface and be like, uh, you know what? I, I'm I'm not going to hide who I am. I'm Brian Pillman Jr. to a well, thunderous, that- like, piped innovation, you know? If it was anyone good in ring or anyone that can convey believability in any way, shape, or form, like, that's your down-the-line babyface thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, man. <laughs> it's bad. And I thought it was funny that they called Dante Chen the gatekeeper of NXT. Like, um, this is the first time I've, like, granted, I don't watch NXT, like, I... I check out chase you and stuff like that every once in a while but like i thought he was like long gone this is the first time i've heard of him since since two point glow so he has been wrestling on level up that's not real okay um (laughs) but this was dante chen the gatekeeper of nxt's (laughs) first actual nxt match not counting level up uh-huh. I have to scroll a long time because it's been a while. Yeah, he, was, like, oh, go ahead. he was in the North American title qualifying battle royal in March. So seven months ago, almost eight. Right. The gatekeeper of NXT, Dante <laughs> Chen. They keep him out by the gate and they don't let him in the arena. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. <laughs> uh. All right. He, he should have just squ- – again, I don't care, but it's very funny that he didn't just squash Dante Chen. they got to keep Dante Chen strong so they couldn't have <laughs> Brian Pillman run through him. I'm sorry, Lexus King run through him. <laughs> well, they Adam, don't have you- anybody at the PC that could have just jobbed out to him in like a minute. Should have been Dante Chen. Well, somebody that doesn't have the cred. You know, they don't want to alienate the Ed Cody like audience. So Exactly. There's uh, it's so funny too because the um the clip that WWE put out of Brian Pillman Jr.'s entrance, I ain't calling him Lexus King. Fuck that, right? <laughs> yeah. They put the, they put the clip out of his entrance, and when the clip ends, the last frame of the clip is Dante Chen in the ring with his match his name name up, his name graphic up, and he just uh, looks so sad. <laughs> so, like, well, I think oh good. I was going to say, if you could find that clip and just see that sad picture, it's just, like, and like, you know, it's just the freeze frame of it. They caught him at a bad moment. But, like, I watched that thing, and it's like, yeah, Dante Chen feels like we all do after watching that. Sad. Well, I think not to get too much into NXT lore here, but again, I, I don't watch a lot of it, but I guess backstage later on on NXT, Dante Chen was being a sad boy in the background, and he oh. was approached by The Rock's daughter, like, that stable. Like, oh, they're gonna. He's oh man. Th- now see, this is bad booking on Shawn Michaels' part. Because if you want young Ed to watch your program, you put the two people he likes in different segments, not in the same segment. Because then he's only gonna watch one quarter hour. You put Dante <laughs> Chen in one half of the show. You put the Rock shitty daughter in another quarter of the show. You get <laughs> Ed watching the whole program. Dante Chen of the Rock's daughter in one segment. Ed just needs to watch that one segment or ignore it and pretend that he likes these people like he usually does. And you're, cut, <laughs> and you're shooting yourself for the foot. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to mention that to Sean. <laughs> you know? But, well, I, I will continue to monitor the uh, Lexus King. Listen, I'm going to call him Lexus King. It's what his mama named him, so I'm going to call him Lexus King. <laughs> is, is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
I'm sure Melly doesn't remember what she named him. But uh, anyways, I got to continue to monitor it and see where it goes from here. Fair enough. I you got one more else, thing. I got one more thing to talk about, Adam. Now, when I went to the lot, when I went to the show yesterday, I made sure to wear a shirt. I'm glad you did. I mean, nobody wants to see that. (laughs) A certain shirt, one of my newest, finest shirts. And Adam, everywhere I went, I'm walking in line. I'm walking the concourse. We went to the Wendy's next door, uh, and everywhere I went, you know what everyone was saying, Adam? What were they saying, Jim? Everywhere. L.A. Knight is the most over son of a bitch in the world, and I love it. I love it so much that I'm going to live watch the premium. I I have to read this statement. I'm sorry. (laughs) The premium live event from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia on November 4th as L.A. Knight takes on the head of the table, the bloodlines, Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship. I can't believe they got to you, Joe. Can't believe it. And it was all, it was like two years ago. It was like, they say he's a Hollywood megastar, but they announced (laughs) him for Makerstown, Maryland. This is funny. Do you think two years from now, Brian Pillman Jr.'s (laughs) going to be main eventing a Saudi Arabia blood oil money show against Cody Rhodes? You never know. I mean, <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have a clip of LA Knight saying uh, no, but I do have what Bruce said when they pitched it to him in the meeting. Okay. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, dude, LA Knight is over, man. I was out today. I had to go get one final piece for my kid's uh, uh, Halloween costume. I bumped into two people in public wearing L.A. Night shirts. And I say this to you, Adam. I say this to you, the listener of the show. It is a legal binding contract. If you're in public and you see someone wearing an L.A. Night shirt, you have to say to them... It, it's the law. It's printed inside on the label on the back of the shirt. It's in the terms and conditions when you check out online to buy the shirt, you know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm glad your shirt's getting over as much as Ellie Knight is and that, uh, you know, you found kindred spirits in the wild, you know? And wrestling fans who appreciate <laughs> who love this and again if it was another time if you were not here this week the homework mm. i would be assigning you would be watching the story of la night's meteoric rise for next week's show <laughs> so we could go over it moment by moment bit by bit you should make ed watch that no i mean <laughs> i told you i i know uh, you said you're gonna what you're gonna do but i think that that would be even funnier nobody makes ed do anything ed does what he wants to do right no i hear you all right is that all you have, Joe? That's all I got, man. All right. Well, hey, before we get into voicemails, I sent you a little something. I don't you know did. You I don't know what it up. is. It just says right. surprise, and I have to hit play <laughs> on this, right? Uh, not yet. Not, not yet. Not oh. yet. I just want to say, before you play this surprise audio, Joe, every once in a while, we have to do something on this show that I take 
with great importance and great seriousness because some might say that this is something that might like elevate people straps a rocket to their back some might even call me a king or queen maker joe play the audio The gender neutral monarch of Atmos Wrestling! That's right, Joe. It is almost time for the fifth annual gender neutral monarch tournament. Who can forget the careers that we have started or have taken to that next level, whether it be past winners, Orange Cassidy, Avery Good, Danhausen, or the Boar himself. Look at the year the Boar has had. VCW world champion, bigger than ever, uh, shinier than ever. He is the man, and that's all because of, well, at least in part because of, I don't want to get kicked, because of the Gender Neutral Monarch Tournament. And even though I will not be here next week, I will say that plans are in place to book talent for the Gender Neutral Monarch uh, Tournament. And I will also be reaching out, or I will be letting the uh, podcast know that get a vote, the selection committee, if you will. Uh, And I will tell you this, Joe. I will... And I'm going to say before you say anything, before your greasy little hand goes towards that soundboard, I will allow you to nominate one entrant into the Gender Neutral Monarch Tournament, but it cannot be L.A. Knight or any of his past gimmicks or anything like that. The fuck? You're not going to ruin another tournament. This is for young upstarts. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. Young upstarts? (laughs) Yep. Blue chippers. I thought the the only rule was they could never have been in the tournament before, except you put the boar in every year so that you could fuck with them every year, except for last year when he won. Well, again, I've never fucked with the boar, and clearly uh, the boar won, so I don't know how much I fucked with them. But the rules are rules. LA Knight is not allowed. You put Dylan Hornswoggle pasta in last year just so you could screw over Double J. And he lays out the whole plan that him and Shawnee concocted last year to make me look ridiculous. And a man in my position can't afford to look ridiculous. <laughs> Again, I make the tournament rules. I am fair, and I feel like me allowing you to pick any wrestler out there that's alive in professional wrestling who has not been in the tournament and is also not LA Knight is very fair. Okay. All right. I have an idea of someone I could pick. All right. Um, I got two just in case, and we could talk about it off air. I don't want to tip my hand or anything else like that. Well, I'll I'll tell you this. Obviously, I'm not going to be here next week. The following week, I will announce half of the bracket. Okay. And you can let me know who your person is there. So two weeks from now. All right. I got two people at the top, uh, at, uh, like in mind. If I need more, I'll get more. Like if you eat them up, you know what I mean. Well, I'm I'm going to give uh, if for some reason you and I overlap, I will yeah. default to allowing you to have your person, unless you want whatever, you know. So it's all good. Okay. Okay. Whoever you your selection again, as long as they are not L.A. Knight, will be allowed to enter. So. Right. Uh, 
and obviously we'll reach out to the normal uh, our normal buddies and give them their picks, and uh, we'll go from there. So more details when I get back from my football vacation, but. It snuck up on us, Joe. Last year, I was a little bit too late with the Gender Neutral Monarch, so it kind of rolled from December into January, and I wanted to make sure that this one is done before the new year so we can crown our fifth annual Gender Neutral Monarch. Here's hoping within the next two weeks, LA Knight debuts a Midnight Rider-style gimmick, but we're not (laughs) supposed to know who it is because that's who I'm going to pick. All right. I got like two or three ideas. We're good. All right, so stay tuned. Looking forward to it. Yes. All right, so voicemail now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hey, guys. Kevin here. Um, I had a silly question of the week, but that's out the window today. Um, For those of you who don't know or who follow um, other things uh, out there, blogging, podcasting world, um, much like Soon Be Named Network, there's another blog, uh, family and podcast family out there called the Retro Network, which I've been lucky to be a part of since inception. Um, I think the biggest thing that most people know is the Wizards podcast, um, which has done a lot uh, for comic book history and everything. Um, but uh, this morning, we all woke up to find out that the founder, one of the founders of Retro Network, um, Jason Gross, had passed away unexpectedly yesterday. Um, it's affecting me, it's affecting a lot of other people. And if you're a geek in the blogging, uh, podcasting world, there's a good chance that you know someone, um, or have, uh, some attachment or you've enjoyed stuff, um, from Retro Network. And Jason has his own, um, site, Rediscover the 80s, that he's done, uh, over 10 years. Um, and I am something that's come out of that as well. And, and stuff that I've, you know, because of Retro Network, I got to sit down um, with Adam and Joe at different times and do interviews and just get to know them better. And I've had the opportunity to do that with many people through this. And, you know, overall, we've brought something to the world. And the world sucks a lot of times. Now, um, but you know, it's it's the founder for a network on at forty six and forty five, and I've had trouble wrapping my head around it all day. But I call him every Thursday because I love the show and I love Joe and Adam as friends, and I love Jason as a friend too. And I just want to say thank you, Joe and Adam. And any other podcaster, blogger that might be listening that I've enjoyed over the years as well. Thank you for sacrificing part of your day, part of your life to just entertain us and make us feel like we're not alone as geeks. So thank you guys for giving me a minute to do this. Thank you for giving me enjoyment every week. And thank you, Jason. So I saw Kevin uh, and a lot of other people that I follow, a lot of mutuals of ours tweeting out about this today. Um, I, I didn't know Jason. Like, there's so much podcast. I joke all the time, like with kids today, like kids my age, with them having so many options and so many choices when it comes to YouTubers 
there's literally millions and millions of YouTubers. So when any two kids cross over on like one thing, I always find it amazing. And that's kind of like how podcasting is for, you know, people in their thirties and forties, you know, it's a much more narrow focused and you get a lot more pointed things. And, you know, what Jason spearheaded, I know he did a lot of stuff with like on the music side of eighties podcasting, but you know, to have a guy who's younger than me, um, you know, unexpectedly really kind of makes you question your own mortality. And obviously I did, you know, t- talk a little bit to Kevin today because I, I had a feeling that this is what his call was going to be like. And I'll bring it up one more time to echo some of what Kevin said back to Adam's interview with Shawnee last week where, um, you know, Shawnee spoke to a lot of people. He told the story about the the guy that he spent hours and hours over several days with on the phone and helped the guy get clean. Um, Just other people that were having a bad day. Um, You know, obviously, I think a lot of people more conscious of that heavier at the beginnings, deeper into the first year of the pandemic three years ago. And I think because things are starting to return to normal, a lot of people are looking past that. Um, a text don't cost anything. A DM don't cost anything. An e- email don't cost something. If there's a friend of yours that you haven't heard from, somebody that you enjoy their work that you haven't seen them put something up in a while, just ping them, send them a message. Hey, how you doing? What's mm-hmm. up? You know, um, you know, cause obviously you don't know what they're going through. And obviously this sounds like it was something unexpected. It's not like he was like battling a- an illness. I-, I-, I looked at the guy's timeline and, you know, he was, you know, active on social media, all platforms all day yesterday. And then just today gone. And that's how fleeting life could be. And it kind of really puts stuff into perspective. Um, You know, sometimes the show tackles heavy, heavy topics and it is what it is, you know? Yeah. As a wise man once said, kiss your homies. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for your call, Kevin. Yeah. Thanks, man. Next call. Hey, boys, welcome back from vacation, Joe, Adam, hey, conversations with Adam, no, Adam Van Special, okay, that's cool, what's up, uh, Kenny, uh, first time, long time, hope you guys are good, uh, I want to just say real quick that Joe and I have something to happen for a very, very long time, and have mentioned the names Chris Champion and Sean Royal, Ooh with great reverence, and said for, I don't know, the last 10 years or so, hey, guys, there's this tag team from 1989, specifically, whose run was so short and so brilliant that it was uh, definitely ripe for the picking in modern times. And I have to say that uh, Magnum and Floyd, the Outrunners, are officially the 2023 version of the new breed, and I could not be any happier to see it happen on TK's blessed television. Get wrecked, boss. Now, that is high praise uh, to associate these two gentlemen with the new breed, Adam. If you're not familiar with the tag team, the new breed. Uh, vaguely, yes. Uh, again, it was. I know Kenny said 1989. It was closer to 1986, 87. Uh, they had traveled from initially when they came out. Their names were just New Breed One and Two, and they had hailed from Tasmania. <laughs> okay. 
And then at the next set of tapings, they were revealed to be time travelers from the far future year of 2002. Ah, inconceivable. (laughs) And they had come from a timeline where Dusty Rhodes was the president of the United States. (laughs) And they had futuristic haircuts and they did all sorts of funky moves in the ring and had like big silver V shaped shoulder pad gear that they would wear. Um, Definitely did lots and lots of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys got a horrible uh, leg injury in a car accident. And then um, the other guy went on to be like, maybe a child molester and maybe an Asian guy. Um, like not he's not Asian, but he just portrayed an Asian character on WCW like six years later. Um, but they came out to fight for your right to party. They were from the future. They looked cool as hell. And, uh, I don't know if the outrunners are close, but this is gonna, I'm gonna have to get myself and Monsoon Classic on the case. Cause mm-hmm. he and I, whenever there would be new students and I was a more of a regular at AIW, we would always pitch to students to do this gimmick, <laughs> <laughs> to be the new, new breed. Yeah, and to say that they came, that they also came to whatever year it is, that but they also came from two thousand two. <laughs> but instead of going in the past, they went to the future. Um, but they had like the only thing was it was like okay, you have to you have to be called the new new breed. You have to still come from two thousand two. You have to come out to Beastie Boys fight for your, for your right to ca- party, and you have to get the same stupid haircuts that Chris Champion and Sean Royal had. <laughs> And nobody wanted to do it. Shocker. <laughs> they don't like money, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So are you an Outrunners fan? I, I, I enjoyed the little bit that I've seen of them, but I guess they're doing more with them on ROH these days. Okay. And ROH airs as we record this, so I don't get a chance to watch it, watch it, you know? Yeah. Um. But uh, if Kenny says so, it's gonna it's gonna bear uh, a little bit more uh, investigation on my end. Yeah, the uh, the Kenny stamp of approval. Yeah, know, around here. Like I said, I'm gonna have to um, reach out to Monston Classic, and the two of us are gonna have to powwow about this, right? All right, meet around the pool, you know. Yep. All right, it's it's pink button time. It's Young Ed. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Hey, let's talk about nostalgia um, and how I don't enjoy it, and I just wish people would do new things. Uh, TNA is coming back. <laughs> uh, fucking stupid. All these people excited about it aren't even going to watch. They're not going to watch. I'm the only one that watches Impact. It's just me. Uh, they should have consulted me before this. It's very dumb. Like, I don't know. That company is like ironically popular, like that those those three letters. Uh, and also, uh, I know this is shocking. I was listening to Eric and Midget calls, and uh, Howard and one of them, Howard and Robin, openly mock how dumb the name TNA is. So that's what people outside of wrestling think about it. You're not helping yourself like business wise with it. Um, this is got gonna add any new viewers. Um, I don't get it. You're, all they're doing is opening themselves up to like every dumb thing they do on that show, getting LOL TNA tweets. 
and I get that everybody still calls it TNA. Right. But, like, you don't have to. Uh, you can keep calling it Impact Wrestling. Uh, I don't know, man. They spent, like, 10 years trying to, like, wash the stench of TNA off this awesome company. And now they're like, yeah, let's go back. That thing everybody makes fun of. Let's go back to that. At least, you know, people talk about it. No one is going to give a shit. No one is going to start watching the show again because of TNA. Um, everybody that's excited about it is just excited that a thing from when they were teenagers is back because they're old now. And I'm sorry, we're all going to die. <laughs> so DNA coming back doesn't make you any younger. Um, it just it's just that part of your brain that thinks it does. This is very stupid. I hate it. I hate it a whole lot. Um, very, very, very dumb. Plus, they're probably going to use those stupid fucking old belts again, and all their belts right now look really dope. I don't know. This is stupid. The only thing that could save it is, like, a six-head ring will be back. Or, hear me out, if they just put TNA stickers over the Impact logo. <laughs> Ugh, fuck, make new things. Goddamn, bye. So I disagree with that. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the air, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to say, I, I don't think it's going to necessarily bring new fans to Impact, but I, I will say that there is a chance that if there are people that were like maybe in college or something were fans of TNA and then are like flipping through the channels and they see TNA again, maybe it'll bring some like lapsed fans' eyes on the product. But at the end of the day, like if you were like if you're a current wrestling fan, you just don't like Impact. Sure, you're not going to start watching it because it's TNA. But if you're currently an Impact fan, and like obviously you probably have nostalgia, which Ed hates for TNA. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to buy that TNA branded shirt or hat or something like that. So from a merchandising standpoint, it's smart. And like these companies are trying to make money, you know. So I get that. It's the same reason why. You know, MLB, NFL, NBA, all these sports teams have like throwback jersey days so that they can sell that throwback jersey because it's like a vintage look that, you know, people want to buy. Um, but yeah, like it's not going to like fix Impact or TNA, but like from a uniformity standpoint, because as Ed said, people still always just called it TNA. Why not have the company be named that? Yep. And I don't think more people are going to dunk on it because it's TNA, because, like, nobody, like, thinks, like, tits and ass anymore. Like, it's such an antiquated thing. Like, there's a billion things worse to dunk on on the internet than that acronym. You know, so it's, like, so low down the, the pecking order. I think that, is it going to make them billions of dollars? No. Is it going to sell them some extra merch that they might not have otherwise sold? Sure. Is it going to have, like, okay, now whether it be the old pay-per-view shows that were every Wednesday for 10 bucks all the way up to now, it's all technically TNA wrestling. You know, it, that I think is a good thing, you know? So, uh, whatever, you know, I'm going to agree to disagree with Ed on all that. Yeah. I'm with you. Ed's wrong. Um, it's, it was TNA longer. The people there call it TNA for the most part, the people that, majority of the roster that even have even been there through the impact days are not nostalgic for the impact days they're nostalgic for the tna days when they yeah. show history clips everything is branded as tna uh brian myers gets into it on the broski show this week um because he's there of course he's excited about it people are excited about it but what's brian gonna say like oh no this fucking sucks he works there right yeah but um 
as someone who's not a watcher of TNA, you know, the reason that you mention and Brian mentions and other people mentions is, is that people don't know what impact wrestling is, but they might remember TNA wrestling and they might give it a try when they do the big show in Las Vegas and everything like that. And TNA has been doing okay. They're not doing great. You know, they draw. Okay. They've been kind of slowly building over the last like two or three years post pandemic coming out of the pandemic. And no matter what they do, like, there's just, like, a tipping point that they can't get over. There's a line they can't get to that next step. And maybe a step forward is a step backward just by putting that TNA branding on things, you know? Yeah. Um, and you you brought up a good point about, like, the NFL throwback stuff. Um, I'll say this. Impact Wrestling didn't have paparazzi production t-shirts. <gasps> TNA Wrestling had paparazzi production t-shirts. So if that means... You know, one of the throwbacks that we get from the TNA days is a repro official uh, paparazzi production uh, T-shirt. It's worth it just for that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I changed the entire company name. Just give me my fucking T-shirt. Right. Uh, and get us like modern, like I'm not the first person to say this. Get us modern Motor City machine gun figures or even throwbacks to paparazzi productions. Um, but yeah, like... Would I rather, if they're going to do this, that they're just like, hey, fuck it, let's get the six-sided ring, let's get the dancing girls, let's get the, all that stuff, but sure. But, like, I think that, like, again, there's no harm in changing it to TNA, but there's only, like, positives from it, because, again, nostalgia is a, good, is a real thing. I know Ed's not a fan of nostalgia, Mr. Who loves Power Rangers and still watches the old episodes and all that stuff, but nostalgia's not real, right? But, uh, anyways... Poppy was good before a certain time, and yeah, you know, it's old and, anime, and, you know, watching right. old anime, you know, but that's not nostalgia. You can't, uh, you can't argue with Ed, you can only disagree or agree. And in this case, yeah. well, I mean, if I argued with him, especially if anywhere like public, I he would eviscerate me. I can only do it on the podcast because he can't immediately respond, right. <laughs> I'm not taking an L to add on, on Twitter. I know better. You know? Well, if you want to call in next week and leave a voicemail for Ed to argue with him, because he'll be on the show live as Adam's replacement. Yeah. I, I honestly, I'll, I'll send in at least a voicemail next week. Mm -hmm. Thank least, you. Yeah. Now, uh, I know uh, you are winning currently in the uh, soon to be named network fantasy football thing. Yeah, I'm still I'm not undefeated anymore because of Mr. Tim, but I am in the lead by two games. Uh, I am six and one, I want to say, mm -hmm. um, and I'm just pulling it up right now. But I like that you don't already have it tattooed on yourself that you're like, <laughs> I might be six and one. I don't know. I just know I have like one loss. I wasn't sure how many wins I have. So, yeah, I am six and one. Uh, Brett is in second place and uh you know, uh, there's a little bit of a congestion in the middle, and unfortunately, DeWiki is in last place. But yes, I, I, and a lot of people in the league think that I'm doing a bit when I say this, and I'm not doing a bit when I say this. I honestly got super lucky to beat Marcus this week. A lot of balls bounced in my direction that shouldn't have. Technically, Marcus should have won, but I he didn't, you know, such as life. And again, if you don't count that one time I lost to the guy who took a kicker in the third round, I am technically undefeated. Now, how many people of your starters are injured this week? Ten or less? <laughs> um, this week, I, well, going into this week, I just have two questionables, but I think they're all going to play. Okay. 
I'm playing DJ this week. Oh, let's DJ's go. DJ's got a good squad. DJ's got a good squad. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know it doesn't come up on your podcast anymore because now that Todd is losing, he doesn't mention it. But uh, Todd is in a free fall in case it ever comes up. No, I edit any mention of Todd talking about it off the podcast. Ah, um, okay. I don't want to associate with someone who's losing. Uh, but <laughs> how, over on the ESPN Pickums, yeah, I'm in third place. You are, as Todd mentioned on speaking of which on on Long Box uh, this past week was a really good week for people who just pick their friends' teams. You know, it was right. Uh, it was very. Very much an upset-heavy week in football. Um, even me, I, I picked the Rams to beat the Steelers in the Pick'em League. I went with my brain instead of my heart, and my heart won. And uh, it bit me in the ass. Mm-hmm. But I'm up there. I'm close. Yeah. I'm a few picks behind you. Joe, I'm willing to put a bet, if you wanted to make it interesting, that I'll finish the year ahead of you. Nah, it's interesting enough when I win. <laughs> You're not going to win, though. Okay. You're on a nice little run, is what we call it in the biz. All right. I'll pass you out. Eventually, your system is going to fail. All right. But, it's, not yeah, that I'm, so, it's not that I'm not confident. It's that I don't care. No, um, I know. Yeah. Because once, once there's a wager involved, I'm going to go in and I'm going to have to like readjust things, and then it's not pure anymore. No, I get it. I get it totally. But, yeah. I am enjoying the soon-to-be-named Network Fantasy Football League. Um, I might be the only one enjoying it, you know, but uh, I I am liking I haven't played fantasy football in a couple years, so it's nice to get back into it. And uh, uh, I am going to be nice to Ronald Two Legs. I'm not going to say anything mean to him, but, like, everybody's been very cool in the league. Uh, I haven't seen any fighting, uh, so that's a a good thing. But I'm enjoying it. I hope we do it next year. Gotcha. Then next year, me and Ed will be in it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. Uh, so, hey, if you want to help us out, support us, um, you can uh, sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. Uh, IWTV. Use the promo code at odds. New subscriber. Um, you don't get anything free, but you let Jerry know that you came to him from us. Uh, this week, they've been really pushing. Coming up, it's debuting on October 31st, uh, which is the death of... It's a match between Cruel and Matt Tremont. Uh, it's essentially like a cinematic match, but it's more leaning that it's a horror movie with a wrestling match in it, I guess would be the best way that I could explain it. Um, they've actually been getting picked up and they've been getting publicity from some of like the horror sites, which okay. is really cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm a horror movie guy. I'm a wrestling guy. Um, I know Jerry and the IWTV crew worked really, really hard on this. Um, so like I said, if you haven't been checking stuff out there and there's a lot of stuff to check out, you know, um, just literally stuff on free TV, um, go watch the trailer. I know I had tweeted it out over the weekend, um, uh, but, uh, they have, they're really promoting it. The death of it's cruel versus Matt Tremont debuts on October 31st. And, uh, I don't know, maybe that'll be like what me and Ed watch for next week on, on the show. It's going to be real loosey goosey next week. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, also you want to help us out, um, you know, when you, uh, you can make any and all of your purchases through our eBay affiliate link, 
Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on the site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the best and most important. Oh, and there's a T Public sale that's going on right now. Thirty five percent off everything until Sunday night. Uh, get a bunch of at odds uh, inspired shirts, soon to be named network inspired shirts. Final wrestling plays, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark inspired shirts. Thirty five percent off from now until Sunday. No coupon code. Just go to the site. Everything's thirty five percent off. Get some of those Bad Terry Lies shirts. You yeah, know? the Bad Terry, the Bad Terry Lies. Those were uh, inspired uh, ideas. As you know, sadly, it was just a weird morning, and they got all pumped out. It was a lot of fun. So go check those out. Um, and of course, our Patreon, patreoncom slash Wrestling. Uh, you know, Adam has a bunch of stuff that he puts up there, whether it be the um, the retro versions of uh, like the, the re- what do we call them? The vintage add odds, vintage add odds. Cause it was cause the majors called them rewind. They were <laughs> vintage add odds. Um, and of course uh, the homework goes up, you know, just due to the vacations and stuff like that. There hasn't been a homework in a couple weeks, but this weekend I will be sitting down uh, recording my interview with one Mac smash master. Um, you know, obviously the entry point is ashes, Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chikara movie shutdown angle storyline. Uh, but, and again, uh, he didn't say whether, but I, I've known Scott. I met Scott. He's a good dude. Um, I sent him, you know, he, he knows what we're going to talk about. Um, it might be a little different in a couple of respects. I haven't done the interview yet, but like I said, we're doing it Saturday. And I think it should come out shortly thereafter if I ask the people in charge of the Patreon. Would that be correct? <laughs> Uh, I'd have to take a look at the schedule and get back to you on that, but it, it won't right. be long. Yeah, so yep. it was, we're getting close to the end of the month, so that shouldn't be a problem. But yeah, and obviously, like you said, the, those uh, conversations with Joe up there, vintage at odds. Uh, but most importantly, Joe, I feel like you're bearing the lead. A new Joe Sposo selfie of the month drop today. Oh, okay. I wasn't trying. I was, sent it to you yesterday. I forgot. Yeah, so that was uh, well. Actually, it might have been yesterday. <laughs> but anyways, it's the eighth in a continuing series. Collect them all. Uh, do not duplicate under penalty of law. But uh, make sure you get all of those. So uh, go check those out. But what you should also go check out, Joe, are these podcasts: Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewers Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hi Abussy, Chicken Salad Podcasts, and Final Wrestling Place. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I agree. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <sighs> Anyways, best part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. Figures will be bought. <laughs> Joe, I haven't done this podcast in two weeks. I have two weeks worth of buildup <laughs> waiting to erupt on this show of purchases, man. Uh, I'm going to do a couple quick ones. And then I'll shoot it over to you. But you probably saw on Twitter that I added another CGC book to my collection. 
finally yes. after months. Um, I did not know until like two weeks ago almost that there was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Booster Gold comic that they were selling at the DC booth. But apparently it's just a facsimile edition of Booster Gold number one from back in 86. And it's got like a silver foil cover to it. So when I found out about this like two weeks ago, I started clocking them on eBay and the cheapest one on eBay, buy it now for like a raw copy was like 30 bucks. I, I found out that they were selling at the con for 15. So I'm like, okay, I'll kind of look for an auction, maybe keep an eye on the graded ones or whatever. But somebody was selling a CGC 9.8 with like a dollar starting bid. And I ended up winning for 20 bucks plus like $10 shipping, uh, nice. which is like a steal. Uh, and obviously I love booster gold. Uh, Ed, who doesn't like nostalgia, still loves Booster Gold. So uh, I was happy to add that to my collection. And I also mentioned a couple weeks ago that I had no intention of pre-ordering the Walmart-exclusive Soundwave 40th anniversary figure because Walmart cancels everything. Right. Uh, and I still stand by that. But Hasbro Pulse put the same figure up for pre-order. So I'm like, well, I trust Hasbro Pulse. I'll order from them. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so it, it is just basically a G1 sound wave, but the coloring is uh, like kind of cartoon colored uh, to match the cartoon and less match the G1 figure. If that makes sense. Right, right. But Joe, what'd you buy? couple things. Like I said, I was on vacation, so, you know, I, I didn't count anything that was purchased for the family, but there was a couple things that I did get that was just for me. Sure. Um, we went to a fancy chocolate themed restaurant. And oh. they had cookies and cream ice cream that I could take home with me. And I haven't gotten a chance to try it yet. I like cookies and cream. I like coffee. We're trying it tomorrow morning. I'm excited. Nice. I, too, like cookies and cream. Yeah. All right. Uh, any fig purchases? Are there? Is there such a thing as, like, universal exclusive figures? I know there is in Disney. No, there's nothing, like, really... Like, it was one of those things where, like, I didn't want to buy something just to buy something. There was, yeah. like, a little plush of the Green Goblin that I liked. But I'm like, do I really need this? Like, I was it Simpsons. Did it have, like, the park logo on it anywhere? It, like, had a park logo tag. Not on it. Like, like you know what oh. I mean? Like, not on the thing itself, you know? Yeah. No, I got um, There was definitely a bunch of shirts that were, like, exclusive designs of the park that had Universal logos on them. But I, they didn't knock my socks off. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Um, like even like toward the end, like, you know, any of the stuff that my kid really wanted, we ended up getting at the universal store that was at the airport, you know? Sure. Um, but the one thing that was for me, like I said, um, whether it be the Cardiff interview or the cookies and cream ice cream or this, um, usually you walk around the park, they have people that you can get your pictures taken with. Um, uh, most of them are just like the people in the big giant foam suits or other ones are sad, um, people in their early twenties wearing bad wigs. <laughs> yeah. But you could just go up to them and get your picture taken with them. But there's one person in the entire park, both parks, three parks. If you include the water park, I don't know if there's like water park themed people there. I didn't see any, but there's one person in all of the universal parks that you have to pay to get your picture taken with. And Adam, that one person is Spider-Man. <gasps> so the spider-man as far as i'm concerned uh it was the spider-man i got my picture taken with the spider-man uh it cost me 20 bucks but that's okay i will absolutely <laughs> pay he could have charged me like he had me over a barrel he could have charged me any yeah. price and i would have paid it because it was the real <laughs> spider-man 
Uh, I got my picture taken with them, and that was uh, that was for me. That was the one thing. I stood in the line with all the other, like, obviously my wife and my kid were with me, too. Um, but, like, I stood in the line with all the other little kids dressed as Spider-Man, <laughs> Captain America, and everything else. Um, and I'll just say this. It's, if it's a story I haven't told before, but uh, it's probably been a long time, I'll tell it again. When we went to Disney Universal back in 2006 for our um, honeymoon, um, you know, I asked my little niece who at the time was like four and now like right before we left, she like sent us her engagement announcement. So, again, that's how you feel real old. Right. Yeah. So the only thing that she wanted from Disney when we went in 2006 was my picture with a real princess. Right. Okay. So um, I'm like, well, I'm going to try to get as many of the princes as I can. So if you haven't been to Disney a long time, and obviously I haven't been in a long time, so it's, I'm sure it's similar, but like there's princesses all around the park, but they'll do things with like, here's this one spot where you can go and get like three or four of them at once, right? Mm-hmm. So there was one where it was like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. And it was like in this room, it was air conditioned. You go and you get your picture taken with all three of them. And it was a big fucking line. And it was like all these little girls <laughs> in their in their little Snow Whites and never this was pre-frozen too. Like Frozen hadn't hit yet. Yeah. Like so it was like they're all in their costumes and me to get my picture taken <laughs> with the princesses, right? Yeah. And like some of them were better than others. All of them had real shitty wigs. Um, Snow White though did the Snow White voice. Oh, you know if you've ever seen Snow White, how Snow White kind of speaks in a higher register, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like most of the other girls are like, hey, you're a little kid, like, oh, however, you know, who, if I played you a clip, you're like, is this Sleeping Beauty or is this Cinderella? Right? If there's no context clues to what they're saying, like, I don't know. But Snow White is a distinct voice. She speaks in a higher register, and when I go to get my picture taken with her, she tells me that I have to pose like a princess does, right? Yeah. So it's a thing where you, like, put your hand, like, if you were to put your hands together in front of your chest, right? Uh-huh. Right, with your elbows kind of, like, parallel uh, to, like, uh, like making a line with yourself, and then you interlace your fingers, right? And you kind have Kind of, that- like, praying hands, but, like, your, your forearms are together type of deal? Yeah. Like, you know, you're like your forearms have to be like out with your elbows pointing out to your side, you know? Oh, like it's the Alexa Bliss pose. Sure. I don't know. Whatever. I thought she was spooky. No, but like when she was uh, like pre spooky, you got your fingers interlocked under your chin. You tilt your head to the side. Um, What's her face? Mariah May steals it now and does it now. So not so much like under your chin, but kind of like in the middle of your chest. Right. Yeah. No, I know exactly. So Snow White tells me that's how a princess pose, and I have to pose like a princess. So in all the pictures of me getting my pictures taken with all <laughs> of the princesses, I'm doing the princess pose. And the only one I didn't get for her was Pocahontas, because Pocahontas was in Animal Kingdom. We didn't go to Animal Kingdom. Uh, but she, as a four-year-old, she was very happy about them. Maybe I'll send them to you. Like, I, they're old, but I might send them to you to put up on the Patreon just as a goof, you know? Yeah. So no, you can see me with all the Disney princesses. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the picture I got my picture you go with Spider-Man. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. Do you fall under the mindset much like Mickey Mouse? Like, can you take a Spider-Man figure and have it signed by the Spider-Man? 
Oh, yeah. Like, do you think there's a uniform Spider-Man autograph like there is with Mickey Mouse? So they do a gimmick where, like, they because uh, when you get your picture taken with Spider-Man, he's in front of a green screen and they put, like, the building behind him, you know? Okay. And they print it out for you and they'd say, do you want, Sp-? like, Spider-Man will sign it for you. So they're offering for Spider-Man to sign the picture. Also, they do the combo. They do the autograph, eight by ten combo, right. mark photo. All right. <laughs> so I'm sure if I bought a Spider-Man figure, yeah, I'm like, hey, Spidey, could you sign my figure? He would. But like, they have sharpies there. I would have a. I would have had to have a paint pen. It would have yeah. been a whole thing. Prep it, you know, do the shake, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Fair enough. Um. So. If you, uh, I, I slightly mentioned this on the Advan special with Shawnee. Um, I may have pre-ordered two more of the one of three thousand Amazon exclusive Orange Cassidy MGF Wardlow Thunder Rosa box sets. Correct. Uh, and I'll tell you why I ordered two more. So I had already ordered two of them, and obviously my goal is to own two of them. I own two of every OC figure. Um. But in the last week since we recorded, <clears throat> excuse me, I got in the mail from Amazon my Hookhausen box set, and uh, they sent it in the sorter box, which is the box that comes from Jazzware, and it wasn't inside like another box. So imagine okay. a perfectly form-fitting box for that two-pack with no padding, no bubble wrap, nothing. And like when I, as soon as I saw that box on my porch, I saw like, okay, this one corners dinged from it being thrown in and whatever. He's got ding over here. So I'm like, that two pack is fucked. So I open up the hook house and of course it is fucked. So I'm like, okay, I have two of those one of 3000s coming and I ordered them both the same day but at two separate times, like maybe about a half an hour apart from each other. And I had the opportunity where two more, where they went up for pre-order again. I'm like, man, I'm just going to go ahead and order two of them in one shot. Because my goal at the end of the day is to get two of them that are mint. And then whatever extra I have, as DJ mentioned on uh, We Need Wrestling last week, it's always flippable. You know, because it is at the end of the day a one of 3,000 set. Um, So... I just want two of them that are mint. I don't want four of them. I want two of them that are mint. And then I can always flip them. And absolute worst case scenario, if there's no market for them, I could just return the other two. But I sure. think that I'd very easily be able to make money on the on the thing, you know? Yeah, and you would send me the message saying like, hey, they're up for pre-order again. Do you want them all on vacation? I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you're not as big of an Orange Cassidy fan as I am. I get it. Yeah, I don't want to... Like, I don't want to buy a box set and literally, like, throw the other two, like, the other three figures away. Yeah. No, understandable. Understandable. Yeah. Um, I also, speaking of AEW figures, um, a couple days ago, I found in the wild um, the Unrivaled 13 Danhausen figure, which is the one with the jacket. So it's like the backstage Danhausen. Okay. So I grabbed that. And earlier today, Joe... I hit a jackpot of figures that I was looking for. No impulse impulse purchases. Um, I found the unmatched six Malachi Black and the suited Brody Lee, Mr. Brody Lee. I had already had the chase Brody Lee. I was just waiting to find in the wild, like the regular one. Uh, and I added that to my collection. So I was happy. Right, to get I that saw out. you post the pictures of those. Yes, yes. Yeah, in the Discord. If there's anybody out there who 
like watch who used to see me doing the doll safaris on Twitter and it was like, oh, these were kind of entertaining. And like whatever happened to those, just understand they all got moved to the soon to be named network discord. So if you're ever wondering what people are finding in the wild, that's where we're posting it. Um, so, yeah, I found those figures. But, Joe, more importantly than Mal Black and respectfully to Brody Lee and Dan Housen, I have been saying for years on record on this podcast that the most toyetic look you can have in all of wrestling, well, that's being nearly seven foot tall, wearing a boar mask, having giant legs. But the second most toyetic look you can have in all of wrestling is having a purple leather jacket. And because of that, I bought the Walmart exclusive Chris Jericho figure uh, because, again, he has a purple leather jacket. And that just means buy, you know, gross. <laughs> oh, you're just a hater. Uh, anything yes. Else? Did you buy anything else? Nope. That's it, man. All right. Uh, one last thing I bought. Uh, I was in the major group and I saw somebody was selling. They had a sale and it was a bunch of figures for $15 shipped a piece. Uh, and it was a bunch of random stuff. Like some, here's like an old, like star Wars black series figures, a wrestling figure, whatever. Um, but something caught my eye and it I was like, well, that's not a figure. And <laughs> it was an Alexa bliss eight by 10, an autographed eight by 10. Oh, and it, was, it was in the listing for 15 bucks. And I'm like, I don't really need to buy another autographed Alexa Bliss photo because like that's just crazy person behavior. But then I saw in the listing he said two for twenty five for any of the items there, and I noticed that there was a DC Multiverse McFarlane Deathstroke figure that I did not have, and okay. I was like, well, those retail like twenty plus tax. And if I get that for 25 bucks, I'm like, technically, I, I it was like, buy a Deathstroke figure, get an autographed Alexa Bliss photo for free. And I was like, that's a mentality I can get behind. And I just sent it to you just so you can see. So, yeah, I spent 25 bucks on a Deathstroke figure that I probably would have bought if I saw it, like, in person. And I got a free Alexa Bliss photo. That's how they get you. Yep. And my goal is to have an autographed Alexa Bliss photo in every room of the house, and I'm almost there. What's that logo at the bottom right corner? Not the WWE one, but the other one. Um, it is like the convention that that was at. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I, it's like Astronomicon or something like that. Okay, interesting. So I guess it's like a printout or an 8x10 that they just made for that show. All right. But I've analyzed that photo very thoroughly, Joe, and it, it, the the autograph is authentic. <laughs> you didn't go look up to see when that convention was to see if she was actually there. Um, actually, friend of the show uh, and patron and the guy who helps me with a lot of photoshops, Derek, he was going to go to that show. It's in his neck of the woods. And like he missed it for some reason and he regrets it to this day. He was telling me. So she was there. But uh, that's it for me. So one last thing I have to mention of a purchase that you made that you did not talk about. Mm. So a couple of weeks ago, there was like some sort of Amazon Prime bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and there was a bunch of things that were super cheap. And Adam was attempting to bully me into spending five dollars 
uh, to buy either the Dude Love or the Dusty Rhodes Funko Pop. Yep, that I was. And I'm like, nah, I don't really need them. You know, I have the little setup that I have. Um, we're good to go. But Adam was nice enough to buy the Dusty Rhodes one for me and left it at the comic book shop uh, for me when I went to go pick up my books this week. Very nice. You did not need to do that. Uh, Dusty did get immediately box uh, unboxed. The box got thrown away. And he's <gasps> no! Yeah, get out of here. What the hell? I would have never bought it for you if I knew you were going to ruin it. <laughs> Make it a Lucy. Oh. It's with the rest of them. It's with the Piper and the Flair and the Vince and the Macho Man. I got you. No, absolutely. You're welcome. My mindset is when that obviously when that Funko went up for sale, like I said, it was like five bucks. And I, I was like, hey, I put it in the discord. And as you said, there was a dude love. And you were like, eh. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to be responsible, spend the money on my wife and my kid. I was like, this does not compute. I was like, this is a thing you want. It's on sale and it's available. How, how are you not buying this? And you, you're like, you're obviously being responsible and an adult. And I'm like, this makes no sense. I cannot let this slide. But the funny thing is like, it went off of sale. Like even the prime event was still going on and it went back up to like 13 bucks. Okay. And I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. And then it went on sale again when you were in Florida. And I was like, no, fuck this. He is getting this goddamn dusty. If I have to fucking put it in his hands, because it's like it, as you mentioned before, it's like the only Funko uh, wrestling related one that you like wanted. So I'm like, you can't not have it, you know? Right. So that was my mindset. I could not compute why somebody would not buy a toy that they want. So I had to remedy that. But it's not that I wanted it because I'm not really a Funko guy. I got all the Funkos I need. The more you, Funkos you yeah. get, the more you need. I was able to, like, say, I'm done. I cut myself <laughs> off. Well, for now, yeah. What happens when there's, like, a Terry Funk Funko? Terry Funko. <laughs> there you go. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And that'll be another one you need, and then so on and so forth. And be what, Joe? When there's L.A. Night Funko Pops, you tell me you're not going to want one of those. Exactly. Uh, But again, these are bridges we'll cross when we get to them. These are not decisions I need to make today. All right, fair enough. That's it for me. All right, that's it for me too. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed what we had here as replacements with the week off. Um, hopefully you enjoy whatever the hell I cook up with Ed for next week. Um, hopefully the Steelers win. Is that what we want them to do? We want them to win next week against the Titans. We do want them to win all of their games. Yes. Have the Steelers been mathematically eliminated from Super Bowl contention like the Raiders have or no, not, not in the least bit Steelers, uh, taking care of business against the dirty stinking Browns, uh, second place in their division, uh, doing pretty well. All right. All right. Well, listen, we'll see uh, how things go for next week. Again, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, This was episode 264 of At Odds with Wrestling. Everyone be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini.
of Podcast Networks. Yeah.